The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome lockdowns radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I screwed it up. (laughs) Heelandtoeapparel.com Heel&Toe Apparel is all about making clothes for people who love to drive. They're all about the manual transmission, and we support that. I don't know what else to say about them that we haven't said before. They make the coziest shirts cool sweatshirts the raddest hats they have a really cool new camo trucker hat i love the the new heel and toe badge logo or i guess you call it a shield logo and those shirts look really cool and uh yeah they've been making our rally shirts for the past geez i don't even know now at this point it's like 10 rallies or something and everyone is better than the next i swear it's like everyone is my favorite shirt and this last batch is the same thing we did the sierra rally rewind and they made us some really cool shirts black with gold and uh, i'm in i'm in love with them i think i i took three of them for myself so uh yeah check out heel and toe apparel.com forward slash dwa and use the code dwa at checkout to get 20 percent off your order support those that support us check out heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash dwa check us out and show your support at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome as well as you know giving us a little support for this uh weekly podcast we provide we also give you some cool benefits like free sticker packs discounts on Things in our store like the license plate stickers, license plate frames, rally hats, a bunch of other stuff. You also get early access to DWA rallies if you're in the area and events like Camping Wall Awesome. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash driving wall awesome. Welcome to Driving Wall Awesome. My name is Warren. My name is Lane. And I'm Mark. By the way, guys, did you guys see an email come through yesterday from Jonathan Davis? I got all excited for a minute. Oh. Thinking it was John Davis. Your boy. It was just some it was just some dude. I don't even know what he was trying to sell us. How's your uh, costume coming along? Halloween costume. Um, I don't have anything, dude. No all John Davis him? costume. Members no. only all, you need is a bl- all you need is a blazer and you're done. Or members don't have only a blazer, jacket. don't have a members only jacket. Ah. Um, well, yeah. I bet you he was a blue blockers. Uh, yeah. Oh, where? Right? He still is. He's got that eagle vision. Yeah. It's <laughs> good times. Yep. Good times. Uh, I, I was just watching. Uh, I had Grand Prix on in the background. Oh. A little pr- early trivia for you guys. Oh, I like it. This is from the film, so take it with a grain of salt. I think it. I think I'm sure they took a real fact. You know, uh-huh. day, day. Oh, but uh, yeah. how many times did they shift during an F one race 
at the Monaco Grand Prix in the you know nineteen sixty five area era. Wow. 1966. So the entire six. This movie came out in sixty six, I think. Something like the that. entire race. How many entire times? Entire race. Monaco Grand Prix. You know, lots of. You know, let's just you know lots of little turns, slow speeds. You know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the shiftiest track if there is one, right? I imagine so shifty. Yeah, so shifty. Yeah. I've heard this stat, like stat thrown out there for like the modern cars, and I don't remember what that number is. It didn't stick. Uh, um, yeah. But I'm gonna say, oh, new modern cars must be insane because they're like they more they gears and everything, nine speeds or something, or what are they? I'm gonna say twelve hundred times. Hmm. Trying to, I'm actually like trying to picture the corners in my head. I know, like me too. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> yeah, but I also don't know how many laps they ran back then. Yeah, yeah, was it 50 or something? Was it's it probably around the same. 30? Yeah. Hmm. Not sure. And I mean, that's a good guess. Um, and there I'll were five speeds, six speeds? We don't... Probably five speeds. I'm going to go... Uh, but did they ever get to six speed? That's the thing. 2,300. Oh, Art, you're fucking good, man. Dude. Goodman. 2,600. Oh, nice. They said once every three point something seconds. That's nonstop. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That insane, is, right? That no wonder insane. who was it that had like the gnarly messed up hand from shifting one time because the shift knob fell off. Oh, oh yeah. well, that was a, that, uh, in Rush. That was a uh, that was actually not true, but they they added drama to the movie because remember, like that was no. The, so that was in Rush, but wasn't that a real thing? Like in one of the maybe it was the nine seventeens or something. Oh, like okay, that. yeah, it probably. I'm sure it has happened. It's like one of those things, but right, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it could definitely would be a huge, huge problem if that happened when you're shifting that many times. Yeah, yeah, stabbing your captain, stabbing or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or whatever, right? You like that one? Uh, speaking of Formula One races and shifting uh, and things going wrong, uh, so Coda, uh, the American Grand or U.S. Grand Prix, you should call it. Uh, did you guys hear about Checo? That's pretty sweet, huh? Like, no, his what water, happened? his water oh, like, yeah. delivery system oh, yeah. like, was yeah, messed yeah. up, and so he was only able to drink water on the first lap, and he went without water the entire time, and it was like ninety something degrees. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was yeah Dude. Uh, even on a cold race that is like brutal right yeah because yeah, it's like i mean for there's the heat but there's also the exhaustion right like he's working yeah. his ass off yeah, the yeah. entire that's, race that's the thing well it's uh, also a, a track with what 21 turns damn high speed yeah too. i saw i saw that and uh i mean good on him for completing that it seems so, like they would have uh thrown him a little water during the pit stops we have like one second like in a bucket so a lot of a lot of <laughs> yeah. i heard a lot about this like I think the bigger deal was that because people say like a lot of people say this happens like it's not uncommon for this to happen to a driver mm. and like Damon Hill was talking about it, he said he wouldn't really even drink water during a race um, he would just sip to get his like like throat wet essentially mm. um, so he wouldn't even you know it it wasn't that big of a deal um, but I think the bigger deal was that Checo was supposedly he was sick oh, so leading was up sick. to the race. And uh, it was, you know, he had stuff coming out of both ends and he mm. was, so he was, he was sick. Plus he didn't have water oh, that's and awful. it was hot and humid and it's a really exhausting racetrack. Like, you know, even like Verstappen was like out of, out of breath and you know, how to, yeah. you could tell he was like physically drained at the end. Yeah. It looked, it looked like a abusive 
track. They kept talking about the bumps. And at one point they backtracked and said something like, well, you know, it's not, I don't mind the bumps. I think that was, uh, um, Chandok. <laughs> someone said that. I think it was. In other sure. words, it's it like, was, he was saying that it, it adds like an element of skill, right? Like if, yeah. if you know how to, um, go like basically you choose the right lines and it also adds another challenge of like understanding how to handle the bumps and how to handle grip and like when to, totally. you know what to do and you have to steer more and yeah, yeah by the way not one yeah. not one incident no crashes no broken parts i mean i know the the um the williams cars retired uh based on some rear suspension or rear wing issues but i just figured it would have been way harder on some of those cars so like so supposedly you, the um the they were saying that the which car is that the uh, Renault, so whatever they are, Alpines. Yeah, they that was because of the bumps, maybe the suspension failures. Uh, like one of them had the rear suspension failure. I don't know if it was okay. Ocon or Alonso, but Alonso was also bumping into people all over the track. So yeah, he had had he, some contact, but yeah, no big crashes, no broken, yeah. really broken cars. So. Mm-hmm. Looked like a fun fun event, man. I'm stoked that uh, it was such a success. It just means that they'll do it again, you know, keep coming back and all that. Yeah. And uh, it looked like Brendan was there. Shout out to my femur hurts. He went with a, a little crew or something. Yeah, or yeah, Marcelo. It was Mar- yeah. Marcelo, Marcelo was there. Uh, Brad Brownell was there. I like that both Brent, Brendan and Marcelo were wearing all DWA head-to-toe, it seemed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they were wearing their rally That's, gear. That's great. Uh, you never know when a rally might break out. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, that section, like, if you look at the track, like, between turn one and turn ten, like, it's just yeah. nonstop. You know, it's just yeah, switchbacks. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just imagine, like, full, like, how, how many Gs those cars pull. And, like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's it's absolutely draining for these guys. Like, it's, and, um, you know, I was just really impressed to see that Checo was able to pull through like that. As, as Lane said, he was sick on top of that, had to be dehydrated, and still podiumed. So, like... If he was in, in better condition, I wonder how, you know, if he would have been able to challenge further up. But I'm curious to see how he does in Mexico. Yeah, Mexico will be a good race for him. And that was cool that Carlos Slim was in the crowd, just super pumped. The richest guy in the world. Like, yeah, he's his, yeah, he's his biggest backer. Like, Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what they said, which makes a lot of sense. It's so funny. That guy could just write just endless checks. Just, yep. Keep, oh, that's keep the racers. guy who brought oh. Checo up through the, through the ranks, right? I mean, that's his, yeah. like... His guy. You got to have a guy, right? Yep. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I remember maybe about seven, eight years ago, I was at a dinner down there in Mexico. And, um, you know, I have like friends. He's Checo's like friends of friends, right? Like they, like they know him. And we we're talking about budgets and stuff. And like when he started carding, um, he had a budget of about half a million dollars a year. Uh, oh. and, and I mean, obviously not early, not early, early on, but when he actually was when he showed promise. Uh, and that's like Slim was willing to basically, but he budgeted that much for him, uh, Dang. to basically make sure that he had everything he needed. And that's, I mean, it, you know, that's the way it works these days. That's a national pride thing too, is he wants a Mexican totally. on the podium, you know? And absolutely. So you got to pick your, your horse, pick your lead dog. Yeah. Um, anyway. see, but yeah, that, that was a fun race. I actually watched it on the plane uh, coming home. Oh, that's awesome. It was so random. I, I was watching, I watched a movie and then some TV shows, and then they had live TV, and I was like, oh, I'll just check this out. We'll see what's on. And it was the exact moment right after they do that intro with all the drivers' faces. and the, It was that exact time where they were replaying the race 
because this was like in the afternoon. So they just happened to be replaying and I just happened to turn it on right at the start. So How was stoked like, were you? Oh, so stoked. The only bummer is that we uh, landed and they turned off live TV um, with like 12 laps to go, but I didn't ah. get any spoilers until the next morning and I watched it at home. So I kind of oh, had great. like, it was almost better because I was like anticipating. It's like, it's going to come down to these last three laps. Here yeah. we go. You know? And I'm like, all right, let's get into this. Yeah, but, that's uh, cool, dude. Yeah, I mean, we can go Christopher Nolan on this and start with the end of our Greenwich trip and then go back. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. we're like, here, Warren and I are like watching the weather like the day before, before we fly out. And then the day comes and there's a bomb cyclone, atmospheric <laughs> river, all this crazy terminology being thrown <laughs> the, out. The thing I saw in the morning was worst storm to ever hit California is coming. And the timing was like when Art and I were going to land, like within an hour or two, like, the worst ever, 30 mile an hour winds, all this stuff. I'm like, eh, this doesn't look good. When you were yeah. landing in California? Yeah. yeah. Like as but we it, were going but, to. But it was actually way earlier, right? Or No, no, no. When we were reading the stories, it was like, oh. this is the timing for the storm. It's going to be the worst at Sunday at 5 p.m. And my flight lands at 6.30. Oh. So was at like 8.30 or something. So we're like, gotcha. oh, God, dude. And Delta had sent me a thing saying, basically, it doesn't look good. Uh, possible interruption for your flight. And we were really close. Like I was thinking of just staying one more night and then flying the next morning, staying in Greenwich. But I really didn't want to. And our flights were still on time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. we both had the same kind of uh announcements because uh, when you got on your plane you told me what your pilot said and and uh, he just said oh it's gonna be a little bumpy but it'll be yeah, fine yeah. same thing on our end um we had a weird um electrical gremlin or something uh and we had to go back to the gate which added uh, we basically were delayed an hour and a half because of that which was fun just sitting there um That's but good, yeah good it was it, it was actually totally fine we had we had actually more turbulence going over like um the great lakes area uh like midwest there it, it got pretty gnarly for about like 10 minutes uh and uh, on approach we had a little bit like maybe yeah. about five minutes and then it was fine a and lot of rain but the, the same um like southern approach to sfo which usually if there's like a lot of wind coming from the ocean side they'll, they'll do like from oakland approach but yeah it wasn't that bad and there's a lot of rain though i then we had my wife picked me up and and son and then we went to dinner in in San Mateo, I went to a ramen spot and then I drove home and it was full wipers the entire way, like 40 miles an hour on 101. I mean, it was pouring rain. So. Yeah, same here. I, and guess what I got to do? Huh? I got to drive Yokohama AO52s oh, yeah. um, on 101 with standing water everywhere. <laughs> so by the way, this is the other thing is that Sarah had come with me to New York. So we're, we're doing the Christopher Nolan thing starting at the back, but um, so she, we drove her car, she got back and drove home two days earlier than I did. And then she was going to come back and get me because she was going to do something in San Francisco that day and all this stuff. Well, the storm, the storm made it like not possible to do anything. So basically I didn't really have a ride home from the airport SFO and I'm like, God, what am I going to do? So the options were like Caltran, Caltrans to San Jose, San Jose, take a bus. It's going to be super late. I don't know if it'll work. Or I had to get a hotel room in San Francisco or something. And then the third option was wait an hour or two until Art arrives. And then Art's going to drive me in the E30 
on his Yokohama tiger slicks all the way <laughs> all the way over the worst mountains basically the storm it dropped like 10 inches in a day so it would have been just like insane all the yeah. way to my house then he would have to turn around and drive all the way back i, to I his would have house. definitely swapped sure. cars and, and at home uh, on I the know. way down but it was actually totally fine as long as you like above 60 it would get a little light you know like it, it you yeah. know when you know you guys have all driven on sand you know when you transition to sand and it gets kind of floaty for sure. Like, that's exactly what it felt like. And so, like, okay, I'm just going to drive 50 the whole way. And you I mean, just it's like driving with shitty tires in the rain. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, flat, I've, I've done flat that before. Tires. Flat tires. Yeah. Yeah, I've so I, yeah, I drove, like, yeah, at 50, it was totally fine. Like, zero hydroplaning, yeah. and the car was totally planted. But uh, but then if you would go any faster, because there was, like, standing water across the entire freeway. It was freeway. full like, flooding. I mean, yeah. we were going yeah. 40 on 101 because you couldn't see. It was just Yeah, and then also the, the other issue I had was... Um, if I, I basically, I ended up driving on in the, in the slow lane all the way be, uh, because um, if I had any cars adjacent to me, they were dumping water right yeah. onto my tire line. And yep. so like, you know, it was getting floaty again. So I basically had to drive like on in standing water away from everyone where it was just like static water and that's fine. I, I can cut <laughs> through static, that. But, static but, water. But, but, Classic. If, but if you have like, if, you know, a semi driving by just dumping fucking tons of water on right in front of your car. Like, well, did you have that thing where you're, if you're in the fast lane, the opposite direction traffic yeah. was blasting waves. over the wall. Over the wall. Yeah. Way, yeah. Huge waves. And dude. so then I had to get out of that zone. And yeah, yeah it was, and then uh, if you're on the right lane, you were like in puddles, like yeah. crazy that's puddles because it's next to the wall. Yeah. Um, I, I drove up to the city that day as well and uh 19th avenue which is like one of the main roads going you know through san francisco to like the golden gate bridge and everything um or sorry not 19th van s was gnarly dude it was just like every corner was like a swimming pool it was just it was it was so crazy and then van s has a bunch of hills and those hills looked like rivers dude it was just I mean, yeah. it was it was like, how are these cars not floating up away, you know, like and yeah. there was trees, branches everywhere. And then driving over up to San Francisco, we saw a couple cars off on the side of the road crashed, mm. um, you know, a couple a couple coming back. And then 280 had like gnarly standing water, like where you go through, you know, a small river, essentially. And you just watch everyone in front of you go through and then you go through and the water's like completely over your car. Um, and I went with um, our buddy Pete, Peter B993, in his Audi A3, and it was like the water had splashed up so much, and then it was getting onto my feet, like going through the firewall or something. Whoa, I don't know where it was going up? through. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. So it was pretty, pretty nar nar, dude. I do have to say, though, um, Warren threw out the worst storm ever. Thirty mile an hour winds. Like there's people in the Midwest well, right no, now no, listening to that. Like, I'm not <laughs> claiming that. <laughs> I said that. That's the fucking news nowadays. Is that every time there's a storm, it's always like this is going to be the worst thing ever. Yeah. And yeah. yes, this one was very serious. They said it was the most rain in a single day in San Francisco since 1849. Yeah, it was a lot of water, but yeah, the it was wind, only a 24-hour yeah. storm. Yeah, too. yeah that's the thing. It was that it was like it was the volume right within a certain window. That's that the problem. Crazy. That's the whole yeah. problem, right? Yeah, it's but like, the the wind was actually pretty like not that big of a deal. Um, like I, we did have some down trees, but. Um, it's just 30 mile an hour winds for someone that deals with hurricanes and tornadoes on a, well, on a yeah. yearly basis is like, doesn't sound like much. For <laughs> Highway sure. 17, we came around a turn and there was like, there was a tree in the, in the lane. Um, and there was a cop already there, but it was like a blind turn. Oh, you come shit. around the turn, the right hand, all of a sudden there's a cop it was like slam brakes, 
man. Turn in the other lane. Hopefully, no one's there. Kind of, kind of deal. Jeez, it was, it was pretty intense, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, I went up to San Francisco to watch the F1 race at uh, Peter C's house. P one, P one, as he's called. Um, so I watched the F1 race there in his man cave. How was that? In the San Francisco, it was rad. It was super cool. Um, he he like. You know, he got empanadas and did oh. a whole meal, dude. Very Drew nice. was making, Drew was making uh, greyhounds for me. Uh. Um, Do we know what yeah. kind of empanadas were they? Mexican or South American? Or? Uh, they were. That's a great question, Art. And edible, I want to say they were edible. Um, they were no, edible. they were actually really good. I think they were. Dude, I don't know. Are they Ar- are they, were they, did he order them or did he make them? He ordered them. Oh, because there's an Argentinian local. one in, in San Francisco. It's pretty Oh, popular. man, the thought of him it's making a, them is really special right now. <laughs> it's his friend's uh, ex-wife started this empanada place or whatever. Um, right. It was really good, though. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, watch the race. Uh, but being in a lar- large group like that, you don't see as much of the nuances of the race. So part of me kind of wants to go back and watch it yeah you do better yeah you do um well that's cool that sounds like a fun time it was a gnarly yeah. yeah it was fun to watch it on the plane it was very um uh serendipitous i guess yeah say. it's like quite the alignment i mean i guess people are pretty spoiled with all their sports ball right because like you get like it seems like you there's always football and you know yeah i was watching the niner game for a little bit and yeah. that was a, a total travesty and then uh the guy next to me was watching the Niner game, so it was kind of best of both worlds. So I had the Niner game going on the screen next to me, and then I had F1 Perfect. race. I, I bet you were like ready to play bets at that point. It feels like that Vegas wall yeah, where you yeah, have all totally, the sports totally. players. I was, that I was ordering cocktails and yeah. all that stuff. But, uh, oh, by the way, the guy next to me, I don't know if this is – I guess I'm just like oblivious to what you get on planes now, but I was on Comfort Plus, Delta, and um, he oh, had three, three cranberry vodkas on the flight. And double double vodkas, and he just kept ordering them. Like basically, the guy would walk by and go, "Hey, can I get another uh, drink?" And they're like, "Okay," but it, no charge, right? So is yeah. that that's not on a it, international? I know you get free alcohol, but I didn't know it was for domestic. Because you got Comfort Plus, that's included. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, well, on United it's not, but you on United you have to you load your card to your app, and so it's attached to your seat number. So. Um, like which I always do, and that way they, they don't do any actual physical cards in the plane. Like they just so like, they might have been charging him after the fact. They might saying? be charging him during, but just like they'll check on on his oh. seat, and he has to have a card on file. Basically, oh, yeah. so yeah. this one, so Comfort Plus doesn't include drinks. You're saying on United? I uh, well, I don't fly United, or he was saying Delta. I'm not oh, familiar Delta, with Delta. Because yeah. I flew Comfort Plus home from uh, I don't know, or it was whatever kind of the equivalent of that, and it was free drinks. Um, from Seattle. Okay. And huh. I wasn't partaking, but a lot of people were, you know, kept getting yeah. coronas and stuff. It's kind of thinking this guy was kind of a, a bigger dude and stuff, and he hadn't, I couldn't tell he was drunk at all. So uh, good for him. Um, he was so wasted. Just but I want to start at the beginning of this trip uh, really quick because speaking of flights and Comfort Plus, um, I was on a Boeing 767 uh, bulkhead seat, Comfort Plus. Ooh. And it has partially, uh, partial recliner, almost like a recliner at home with a little leg support uh, that pops up under your leg. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable. And I would say that's probably like all I would really need. I mean, lay, lay flat's nice, don't get me wrong. But 
that was a big game changer. Lane, you would have loved it. Very wide seats and everything. Mm-hmm. But then on the flight back, I was on a 757, and it's just nothing. Like a little bit more legroom. Comfort Plus. Same yeah. same ticket price, right? Yeah. But um, it just depends on the aircraft you get on and if it has like an upgraded interior. And there's guys mm-hmm. that like track this stuff, of course. You know, yep. you're on like the oh. new 767 long haul with the new interior, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, huge screen for the entertainment. Um, really, really nice seats and all that stuff. So, um, well, I'm flying Spirit next week. So, what do you think I'm getting? Sweet. Whoa, you're Stand gonna get up? a cig- uh, you're standing room c- only. <laughs> you'll yeah, probably yeah. get a loose cigarette and like a, a reach around or something. You have to yeah, like hold, yeah. a, hold a bar like a, like on a bus. You're standing. You know, room. Ryan, Air, Ryan Air was talking about doing standing room only. I remember that. Yeah, that was like five years ago or something. Yeah, yeah it was gnarly, dude. Yeah, Spirit. Because you're going Spirit's to see- like that. Seaman? They like everything's tack on it's like do you want to do you want to do this it's five dollars dude i heard it was five bucks to get four five bucks to get a printed boarding pass which i don't ever do obviously but five bucks nice (laughs) that's Uh, that's good they're getting those old they're going after old people they really are that's that's ageism dude have you guys ever flown business or or, i've never flown first but i've flown business before no never have and and, uh the cool thing about that is Food, the it's it's about the food, Warren. You do want business, uh, because you said. I mean, I think you're talking about comfort. Yeah, you, no, you, no. Yeah. I mean, I but, want first class. I mean, I want yeah. a fucking private uh, suite with a hot shower. But the, the uh, yeah, the it's all about ceramic, you know, uh, <laughs> utensils or whatever. No, um, <laughs> one time we actually got upgraded to, to business just because they happen to have it, and I was flying with my girlfriend at the time, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to Brazil? Okay, cool. Like, um, we happen to have like a huge open section." The other area, I mean, the standard coach is full. Are you guys okay with this? <laughs> yeah, we're we're like, okay with business? Yeah, they actually asked us. We're like, absolutely. And so you're all, no, you're no, like, no, do I look like a businessman? <laughs> yeah, you're all. This is purely a pleasure trip. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to hear business. <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty awesome. That was I was I must have been like you know twenty twenty two twenty one or something. And oh man, it was, it was lost on you. Yeah, I mean, this was just one of those moments where I thought if this is what they're offering for Comfort Plus, it was a huge upgrade. So. The only bummer is you don't know which you're going to get until you arrive. But this was SFO to JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get into it really quick. I'll just talk about my couple days before we went to Greenwich. But um, we're going to Greenwich Concord, and I haven't been in New York in 20 years, so I decided to tack on two nights before the trip. Uh, and luckily, my wife was able to come with, and the big goal was to go to the Comedy Cellar, which I'm a huge comedy nerd. And uh, that's kind of like the holy grail um, as far as comedy clubs go. Uh, and it just so happened that the Wednesday show that we were going to get in uh, to New York in time to see was a really good lineup. Um, Sean Patton was on there, um, Ari Shafir, and then headlining is David Tell and then a, a few other comedians as well. Um, and the cool thing is that the guy that's emceeing the show is Ian Fidance, who is David Tell's opener on the road. So they're like, have a really good rapport. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge David Tell fan anyways. So I was like, all right, this is great. Um, so we go, we get there. Uh, I think we land at eight. We get a cab. There's no line for the cab. By the way, <laughs> Camry hybrid, it was about to break in half, had to be. It, like at any moment, the front right wheel was going to smash through the hood, <laughs> making crazy noises. And the most warning lights I think I've ever seen, there was like, there was one that just said, stop, you know, just like, <laughs> don't go, whatever, stop what you're doing. There was a, a triangle with an exclamation point. 
there was a traction light, there was a check engine light, there was a service light. Like it was just doesn't matter. Just keep driving this fucking cab. Um, so we're staying in Washington Square Park. We walked to the comedy club early to just kind of check out the scene. And I asked the bouncer, I said, what is it going to take uh, to sit front row? And he's like, I got you, dog. I got you. <laughs> All right. You, we're, we're here. We're going to do it. So he just said, you have to get in line early and you'll be fine. So it was 1130 start for this comedy show, Whoa. which sounds insane, wow. right? But we're yeah. on West Coast, West Coast time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's at 830. We're like, oh, that's cool. Feeling pretty good. Um, we go get pizza. There's a spot that's like really well known. It's just Joe's Pizza, but uh, classic New York slice pizza my heart style, you know. Yeah. And uh, everyone just stands and eats kind of like on the street and stuff. Um, good scene there. And then uh, we still have a little more time. And Sarah's like, "Oh, this Mediterranean place. I do falafel um, as well, and they're really like well known too." So I had we had pizza, shared falafel. I had we had a coffee. It's a miracle I didn't shit my pants like right before all of this. Like, <laughs> I was just really pushing it. But uh, got in line early. I know how the whole system works, and it's kind of weird. You line up on a side street because it's too too tight to be right in front of the club. And then the other club, the other show, let out, and it, they let out really late, um, I guess. And so we had to wait a while, and then finally we got in. Put your phone in a pouch. Uh, it was oh. just like just like a um, padded envelope that you you uh, stick closed. It's not like they hold the phone for you. Some clubs have like a whole system, like a coat check where you put it. Yeah, I've had it at when I saw Aziz Ansari at like a big place. It was like, yeah, they they like put it. Oh, they have to lock it. And it's like a mech, you know, they give you the phone, but it's like locked in this case. And they unlock it when you leave. Same idea. They like write your table number on the pouch and then they you just leave it on your table. And it's kind of a pain to like if you wanted to open it, you could. But it'd be like very obvious. It's a small club. So um, then we go down there and it's just this tiny room, you know, it's downstairs under the building, really all the chairs and tables are like really close together. Everyone has to be vaccinated. So vax cards, you have to ring. Um, And then it's like showtime. And, uh, and we, so I asked to sit front row, you know, and he's like, and I, and he assigns a table to me and it says 136. He's like, that's, that's a pretty good table. We are fucking, my knees are touching the stage. Like it's, it is as close, you know, and it's a small club. Like the stage is only like five feet from the wall to you. So it's like the, you're in there. And so of course he's, they're all fucking with us. And, uh, I'm wearing my Radwood hat and they're asking what that is. And it's, you know, he's like, oh, oh, so, you, so you cut up, you cut up cars for meth. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Car stuff. Right. Um, uh, and just, just totally heckling me. Um, first comedian goes on. He's pretty good. And then they go, your next comedian, give him a round of applause. Aziz Ansari. Oh, just what? showed up? Cameo? <laughs> no way. Aziz Ansari does 40 minutes. What the hell? He <laughs> bumps some other guys or something? They just, he just added him. So um, he's in town, like hasn't done a comedy and uh, stand up in three years. And he did 40 solid minutes and it was killer. Like wow. kind of just crowd work, fucking around. People were, were loving it. And he was, uh, I don't know, it was really good. Um, yeah, he's good at crowd work. Yeah. And so of course I'm, I'm talking with him. He's asking me if I do mushrooms and stuff. I'm not going to repeat what I said, but, um, and then, uh, Oh, cause he said, you said you were from Santa Cruz or something. Yeah. 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 And he's talking about microdosing and, um, it was so funny. This other girl, he's like, anyone microdose here? And, uh, this girl's like, yeah. And he's asking her how much she does it. And she's like, 
well, I do it like three days on and then three days off, but I'm with my boss right now, so I don't want to really talk about it. <laughs> nice. And then her boss is her boss is cracking up. It was like a like a group of like yeah. eight coworkers or something. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, and then yeah, so uh, Daniel Simonson went on, who I've uh, heard of before. He's from Norway, which he kind of like sounds like. Um, uh, Kimi Raikkonen a little bit. He's got oh. this very robotic delivery, which kills when oh. you're not expecting it. It's like the way he just talks. I don't know if you've seen some of like some of those ads that Kimi used to do for Ferrari, like the Bao Fang, or it was like one of those uh, Chinese yeah. brands. <laughs> oh, like, Wei Chai. What was it? Wang Chai. Wei Chai, yeah. Right? And you're like, it brings life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he sounded like a robot with low batteries. <laughs> so so <laughs> nice. good. Um, and then, uh, Sean Patton, Rosebud Baker. Oh, Rosebud Baker's big. Yeah. I know cool. she's really big and she was great. And then, um, and then they brought on Ari Shafir and then the last comic. Oh, they, they had, uh, Godfrey who's a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So he, he did another pop in. Um, he's in tons of movies and stuff too. Godfrey, yeah. He's really yeah. popular. I don't really follow his career, Dude, but uh, he's, he's like huge. Dude. He's huge. He's like a Kevin Hart kind of guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, so he popped in too. Uh, I mean, he is black, but if that's what you mean, but well, no, no, no. He's like very. Um, he's just high energy, high energy kind of guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same style of comedy. And then, um, yeah, he had a great bit about how um, <laughs> the celebration for landing on the moon was so subdued, and yet, yet like you score a soccer goal, and it's like goal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> punching people and stuff. And then uh, David Tell was amazing, and uh, Ian Fidance, the guy that emceed. They basically did a bumping mic set, if you're familiar, uh, the Netflix special with Jeffrey Ross and David Tell. Um, but David Tell is just uh, a master. And then they got to say hi to him after the show. And Dude, when did great. the show end? Like five in the morning? Dude, it ended at 2.20. 2.20. And we were walking out of there. And they kept saying, like, sorry, this is running late. And then Ari Shafir even had a great line. He said, uh, he's like, they could bring Richard Pryor back from the dead, but have him go after me. <laughs> You know, like, because yeah, 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 yeah. Aziz did 40, and they even mentioned it a few times, like, oh, nice. Just because he's on TV, he gets to do 40 minutes. Great. Yeah, I know. You That's know? such a dick move. And apparently, he did the same thing in the show before. That's why it went so uh, late. So, uh, anyways, I was I was fine with it. Like, it was pretty funny. He was basically just like looking at his notebook, going, like, what else? What else? Oh, yeah, and yeah. the weirdest thing is when they announced him, this girl, and I'm not. It's not a big deal, but she was happened to be Indian. Uh, she bum rushed him and gave him a huge hug, and he like almost fell over. And then they had to like kind of restart the intro. And then they came up. He's like, "That was insane!" Like you guys, I don't know if you saw that, but this is what happened. And he pulled up two Indian dudes next to us. One guy was from San Jose, and he pulled him up to like reenact it. And he's like, <laughs> "This is amazing. He could play my double in like a Lifetime movie." <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that was the that was the start of the trip, and then uh, we had one full day. Did like Central Park, um, Washington Square Park, uh, New York Deli. Uh, all it was so rad. I mean, that whole area is really cool too. Um, kind of near Washington Square Park because NYU's right there. It just feels like so diverse and. Would you get a pastrami? Pastrami. Yeah, I got a pastrami sandwich um, and some latkes, which are insanely uh -huh. good. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those days too, like. It's where if you were selling real estate or something, it'd be like the perfect time because it was mm. 75 and sunny with a little breeze. Uh, the trees are just starting to change colors. Everyone's out. Nice. It was just amazing, amazing time in New York. So that was great. And then uh, 
kicked my wife into a cab and said, see you later, sucka. And then uh, gotten on the train at Grand Central Station and went out to see some folks in Connecticut. Art picked me up. Nice. And uh, that was nice. How far is that place? How, how's that train ride? Like, what, it was an really, hour or something? Yeah. So I actually happened to catch the uh, the Express, and it was like 43 minutes. Oh, cool. Because, yeah, I know and a lot of people live in Greenwich and work in, in New York, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think, I know it's like Baba Booey on Howard Stern show. He lives in Greenwich. And, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad at all. And um, yeah, Grand Central is so impressive if, as a tourist. I mean, I'm sure you get used to it, but that room and just the whole grandness of it is super What about rad. the centrality of it? Is it just the grandness that it's gets cent- No, it's a centrality too. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then just like really efficient trains and it was clean and quiet and uh, there's a lot of them, you know, they were like running all the time. So something I definitely wish we had more of in the Bay Area and California in general, but um, it was it was great. It was a really, really fun trip. So yeah, and then we, we went to Greenwich and uh, Art can pick it up from there. I don't want to talk too much. Yeah, I mean, we can we can bump mics or whatever, you know. Yeah, do one of those things. Um, but yeah, I think um, it, it actually ended up being a really awesome show. We had a, a what we call a curated kind of experience, a Radwood experience at the Greenwich. Um, not not the Concord. It was the lead up to. So the the there was a sort of a car show, you know, family activity type of thing on Saturday, and then same location, same venue, right on the water there. I forget, what is it, like Roger Herman Park or something? What is it Roger called? Sherman Baldwin Roger Sh- Park. Such yeah, an easy name. And then, um, yeah, Sunday is the actual concourse, uh, but yeah, it was. we, we were there with um, the Lemons uh, 24 hours. Wait, 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 Art. Before, yeah. didn't, you guys do so, didn't you guys do some stuff the night before, too? Uh, yeah, or we did. some like cool car collection or something. Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's worthy of noting. Um, so, <laughs> um, and I actually have more information about that, Warren. So, um, thanks for bringing that up, Lane. Um, so the day <laughs> before, um, we were invited to um, Haggerty uh, to a Haggerty Garage and Social Facility, uh, which is basically just that. You know, it's a space where people can hang out. There's meeting areas. You can store your car. Um, they have organized events. You can do drives and rallies and, um, you know, all, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, but um, there was a, a Bonham's sort of a display downstairs, which uh, for cars that were going to be uh, up for auction um, the following day during the concours, uh, which is traditionally held on site. But this time around, they went mobile. They went and did it all online. So the cars were there, but, you know, you could, you know, bid on them from anywhere. Uh, but upstairs was kind of with the uh the club members cars and they were packed i mean like really 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 packed in there like <laughs> Warren and i were thinking like dude if you call like even a day in advance like this is such an ordeal to get these cars out of really? here like yeah you're like hey my crazy. f50 is in, there was no is, like lanes to go down no, nothing zero you have what? to move like seven cars to move to get your car out basically and it was all uh with a freight elevator so you'd have to like oh, it geez. would take it would take so much juggling to move and get these cars out I don't yeah. even understand it. It was all really amazing stuff. I mean, they, there was, you know, there was an Enzo in there, F50, F40, um, all, you know, there's all manner of like new modern supercars. Uh, there was Sharon the, with that same Sh- collection. Chiron. You love Sharon's, dude. dude I'm, I'm all in on Sharon's now. Best yeah, car in the world. They're you pretty amazing. for a while. I know, but I just, the more I see them, the more the details, especially when you see them next to a, a Huayra or name your other supercar, it is uh, very apparent that that's the best one. Agree. Uh, and 
Yeah, there was some like Citroens in there. There was a Decapotable, right, uh, Warren? A convertible uh, Citroen My DS, favorite. which is a gorgeous Covered car. Covered headlights, so dark, dark gray on red uh, with Vermont plates. It was like kind of a dream Citroen. Yeah, Those there was so rare too, huh? Very so rare. rare. Yeah, I had never seen one in person. I had you seen one before, uh, Warren? I've person? seen a few, but Monterey uh, Car Week, there's always kind of like a. Oh, there was always one there. It's yeah, the covered headlight piece is the rare, rare one. But yeah, so the, there's you know they're tip yeah GT forties you know Shelby's all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, that was cool. Uh, but it was you know there there were uh, the guys from Adobe Road Winery were there. Uh, remember, um, there I think it's a Sonoma no Petaluma based um, yeah. winery, right? This is Which the one where Art had his uh, little tachometer on the side of the bottle. Oh that yeah, 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 that one. They have like all of their bottles have like car stuff tacked onto them, but they're like physical. Like you know, it's like an it's not just a label. It's like a, it's like a tchotchke. You know, a, an exposed shift gate or something. You know, piece of flare. I think they call it at tchotchkes. Piece of flare, tchotchke. Oh, so it's like. Yeah, like AutoZone or something like that. Yeah, like a badge. Like, yeah. like a vent. Yeah, yeah it's got vents. Vent. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, you do like LeSabre portholes on your bottle. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, but I found out the next day um, at the Concord, not during our, actually not not the next day on Sunday, um, I, I did talk to the guys from Garage and Social for a while because I wanted to know a little bit more about it and how they differentiate themselves from kind of a few of the other clubs in the area. And, um, and he was saying that, the reason they were so packed is because those cars, half of them are normally downstairs uh, where all the bottoms uh, display cars were. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So so that changes everything, right? It's like, okay, now it's – and it really spiffs up the facility. It looks – I can imagine it would look much nicer how you organize the cars. I was everything. thinking about that. I'm like, so how, if all these bottoms cars are here, like where are all those cars? So, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So – but, yeah, it's an interesting facility like in Bedford Hills, a uh, beautiful place, you know, up – you know, surrounded by huge maple trees and – um all these huge estates leading up to it and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's very, a beautiful area of New England, and everything's so old. Like, <laughs> so it trips me out about yeah. being from California. You're like, that house is, you know, 400 years old, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These, yeah, yeah. We yeah. did pass through some little towns, right? Like uh, that that have, you know, like the the general store, right? That's been there for since the 1700s or whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's always cool to see that. Uh, but yeah, going back to the actual event, you know, it wait, was, I wanted to say too on that drive, sure, uh, great roads. Yeah, really nice Fantastic roads. roads. Like, they're all these kind of, like, little elevation change and sweepers with, you know, pretty trees and stuff. It was very, uh, yeah, scenic and cool. Yeah, so there was a guy, actually, um, that brought out a, the 968. It was a mint green 968, and we talked to him for a little while. He He's the guy who did, um, there was a video for the 944 Cup car that we sold on Rad for Sale um, and with, for LBI. And... Um, He's like a huge 944 guy. He's like, that's his whole thing. Like he wants to write a book about him and he's all in on like transaxle Porsches. I know that's a misnomer, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and he was saying that all of those roads were built during the Roosevelt era. And like the idea was to make them beautiful and scenic and nice to drive on so that because the, they were a destination, right? The road itself was something to do when you to get away from the city right so um it was an experience and so it's very apparent yeah they're all very beautiful and very like you know they flow really nice and um nice. Yeah, they're, they're nice. very well maintained um unfortunately you know not a road that you could do like a rally really on i think there's too many driveways and too many i mean it would yeah. have to be a total cruise you know like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a tour i guess if but it's will. nice but, to know that's out there it's just yeah um sorry i'm, I'm not I'm firing on all cylinders. I just have a misfire, you know, because I have this cold. So just uh, I can still think sort of. Well, yeah. Uh, so I, I'll pick it up a little bit. But yeah. basically, we 
we set up our display. So 50 cars along the water on the same area that the Concours uh, was taking place. And uh, we had a really, really good mix of cars. Um, I thought our display uh, area and like the layout was was really cool. Um, we had our own music, thanks to DJ DP. He made us a playlist. And uh, we had basically the whole show field was rocking Radwood Beats, which was fun. Um, and there was some, definitely some standouts and some just like, it was a lot of really well-kept cars, which is cool to see. And especially we yeah. kind of hate on East coast for salt and rust and all that. And that's, that's definitely a true thing, but, um, there's plenty of well-preserved cars as well. Well, so. they have to be right. I think like that's what we discovered when we did Philly for the first time. Like the cars that are coming out are usually in very, very good condition because, you know, somebody had to preserve it, right, in order for it his, for it to survive. Otherwise, there's no way you would see them. Like, I think, you know, we'll, we'll go through some of the highlights, but uh, the raddest import winner uh, was, like, this absolutely perfect 4000 S Quattro in 1985. And, like, those cars were used in period for their intended purpose, right? Like, they were really good in the wet and in the snow and weather, and that means they all got, you know, eaten up by salt. And so... It's extremely difficult to find one in any condition, even on the West Coast. But to see one that perfect from Connecticut, original Connecticut car, uh, was you know it's it's hard to argue that that is that is a winner, right? Even when you're surrounded by slant noses and all sorts of really really cool stuff. Um, but something like that is extra special, right? Because it wasn't very valuable in period, and arguably not even today, right? There there are more, but. Yeah, and the yeah. owner was uh, all in Audi. He had, it, it, the bug had bitten him really hard to the point where he had a Audi tattoo. Um, oh, he had the Audi Sport vest, um, the hat, the window sticker. Like the car was uh, flawless, and I don't say that ever. <laughs> so um, it was perfect, and he was like really stoked to win. Um, I think it surprised him, and he was like very humble. So yeah, that was that was super well deserved. Um, yeah, there and was then, um, there was a, I think a good a good broad range of cars, right? That we typically you know strive to get to to get. And in this case, we were kind of one of the key takeaways, and it ties into what I'm going to say now, is that there is a really really big demand for what we do in that region, and we know that. So for the listeners out there, we do intend on coming back, whether it be with Haggerty at some capacity or having our own event, we will be in that region. Uh, but we basically publicized the fact that it was going to be a limited space event, you know, limited cars around 50. And we had something like 200 submissions just for those cars. And that gave us a lot to work with, right. To actually be able to curate because we did have to be pretty selective. Um, and we did have to turn away some really cool stuff. Like, you know, there was like a 500 sec with an, the real AMG body kit, you know, the cool shit like that. Um, but yeah, I think that it, as always, you know, like we think we've seen it all, but we get these weird, weirdo cars like the Radis domestic winner, which is a Chevy, Chevy El Camino SS that was created by um, a local shop in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a Chevy SS Chatt or Choo Choo edition, they call them. Um, not performance modified, but it has like this body kit. It's got the Monte Carlo SS nose like these side exit exhausts and, you know, all this rad shit that we like right from period, like the ground effects kit and um, all these nerdy little details. And I had no idea that car existed. I don't know if you did Warren, but no, yeah. no, I've never seen one before. And it's, uh, it was the second owner uh, who brought it and he'd had it since high school. Um, it survived, you know, all this time exactly as he owned it um, in really, really good condition. 
Um, and we don't have a ton of domestics. We didn't have a ton of domestics at this show. Um, but there were definitely some other standouts, and that one kind of was above above the others. So. Yeah, we had an absolutely perfect um, preserved again Mustang uh, Ford Mustang GT LX with the original tires. Everything was original down to the tires, um, and he did trailer it by the way, so we you know he wasn't being a weirdo and driving on the street like that. But um, yeah, there was. I'm going to go through some of the pictures I have here because I did want to mention a few other other standouts. Um, well, I was going to say okay. for that import award, uh, we. It was a tougher selection. We had a previous best uh, Radisson show winner in that Koenig 560 SEL, um, but it's difficult to give the same car an award twice. So as yeah. much as we love that thing, um, we had to go a different direction. And then there was a perfect um, 85 Supra in this uh, kind of steely blue, uh, which was at Philly. And it's almost, it was as nice as the Audi, I would say, but the Audi just was harder to find in this condition i feel like the supras were yeah, kind of cherished yeah. more as like a weekend car yeah and the audi is just was like a workhorse that you never see in this condition and the fact that he had a tattoo is like all right you kind of win just <laughs> well the uh, here's another detail too that i i, I failed to mention it has a hundred thousand miles on it like which oh, is, i didn't even notice yeah, yeah. so um it has 99999 or something you know like it's it's it was about to turn a hundred thousand and and I, I think his goal was to turn to a hundred thousand uh um, to on his way to the show and he d- he barely missed it <laughs> um but yeah that that was a really really kind of a sight to behold i mean just something so nice like that um you uh there's one car that we've we haven't talked about yet that we're super into uh the volvo t5r wagon in that pale oh, blue nice. yellow i mean also a very 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 nice example and a car that you know it's impossible to find one and if you do they're always clapped out 300,000 miles, you know, paint peeling. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really nice. It was a little tiny bit rough in certain places, but, um, I mean, at any other show, that thing is a, a standout for sure. And we had it next to that mint 968, so it was kind of a good contrast, complementing colors. I yeah, don't know. and worked. so I, I also appreciated that, you know, uh, uh, Tim was introducing me to some Greenwich types, you know, people – uh, as Spinelli said, uh, who are very well healed, and uh, they were walking around our space and appreciating what we had there. And one of them was going apeshit over the 300 SL manual R129 that we had there, that was brought out from New York City, I believe. And that was, a, I mean, also a very very clean car, but it was slightly lowered on like bigger um, AMG monoblocks. And I thought like that was gonna kind of like you know cause some you know uh, or be a reason for him to complain about it but he just was all in he's like that thing is gorgeous i'm so happy to see it there and he appreciated the nuances there that you know it's it's a rare rare car right 300 sl manual yeah and then the that display was it was kind of fun because we had a lot of red cars entered for some reason so we had a a zanardi nsx and then it was sort of like a v formation with an isuzu a supercharged uh, mr2 an alpha spider um, what else? A Taurus SHO. Anyways, it was a, it was a very cool kind of setup, and then in the center of that, we had Radisson Show. Yeah, and so Radisson Show was also a car that I don't think either of us had ever seen in person. We knew it existed, but very very rare. One of forty one, I believe, and a few of them were crashed for whatever. But um, but it was a nineteen ninety one Detomaso Pantera ninety SI. And it's just got everything, you know, it's, it's got all the, all the early nineties supercar shit on it with 
you know, it's got multiple spoilers and cool veins and it's got bulging fenders and, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it was just super, super rad. Um, and definitely a car that blew us away, like immediately, even though it was kind of, you know, it's owned by the Detomaso company, uh, and it was represented by a dealer, you know, sometimes we have issues like that where it's like, ah, you know, it's not a person who's cherished this and who loves it. But the story in this case is pretty cool. The fact that it is a very rare vehicle and that was actually recently, right, Warren, bought back by Detomaso. Yeah, I think it was just two years ago. It was sold by Gooding, I believe. And uh, yeah, so the, the company is now owned by another family, but they bought the car to keep it in their collection. So, and it was also the Frankfurt Motor, Sh- Motor Show car um, at the time. So super, I mean... It was amazing looking at it. You you look at that thing. It's like how come they didn't sell a ton of those? It had a still had a three hundred two Ford V eight, but the styling was amazing. It had spoilers at the the base of the windshield, and yeah, everything you said. It was just this super exotic F forty Venturi kind of thing with uh all, hit all the all the check marks, you know. Yeah, for our, and for I think um, and he was saying that it actually drove really well too. So, yeah. um, and it sounded great too. It yeah. just sounded like a really nice, smooth V eight, and uh, yeah, so that was cool. And so, and, what is it? Is it still a three fifty one Windsor or Cleveland or something? No, it's or? it's a it's a five liter. So yeah. it's uh, a Ford, the five liter Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just like the Panteras. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's basically a Mustang engine, but um, you know, it's hopped up to uh, what did you say, like three twenty or something? I can't Weird. Yeah. So they they downsized it for okay, huh? Because I guess that's a more modern. Or, hmm. Nineteen ninety. I don't know if it's uh yeah built up or anything, but it sounded great. Um, and he said it wasn't. The old cars are all three fifty ones. Right, right. Yeah, maybe just because it's a lighter car or something. Um, but. Uh, yeah. So, so what anyways, did it sell for at cool. Gooding? Do you know what it sold for a couple of years ago? Like yeah, pretty good money, was, right? Yeah, three twenty-five or something. Okay. Uh, yeah. For pretty, that's pr- that's kind of strong. A couple of years ago, I think for a, th- I think for a pretty unknown, you know, an uncoveted car, you know, like yeah. people, you know, it's not like a. I still think that's a deal, though. I mean, it's it's rarer than. <coughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, than an XJ two twenty or a two eighty eight GTO or something. I mean, it's a very rare car, but obviously, it doesn't have the the pedigree. Yeah, it's way but more of does. like a kit car, right? But they're coming out with a new model, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but De Tomaso is coming out with a new supercar, uh, and it looks very much like a P3, kind of like the Glickenhaus. Um, oh, the P75, Ferrari. I think it's called. P75, yeah, yeah. P75. That sounds right. Yep. Um, it's got kind of a more bulbous, round shape. Hmm. It's not angular like modern supercars and hypercars. Well, it top so. the looks of the the man the. Uh, Cavalli Mangusta. Oh, never. Never, right? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I was it was very cool. And the guy who drove it and was representing the the family was um yeah, stoked on it. And he told them that they won and they were very happy because it was sort of a like a last minute decision to bring the car out. They wanted to show it, but there wasn't a good space until they found out about Radwood and they reached out and were like, Yeah, let's let's do it. So uh happened to be the raddest around. Yeah. But, I- and um, I did awesome. want to uh, say also we we had great conversations with some big wigs in the industry like Ralph Gills. Um, you know he's a he's a, a fan of Radwood. We've we've talked to him before in the past, but uh, but he's like a really like a huge huge fan and like wants to be more involved. And like he was showing me like pictures of his cars and like how you know he wants to get something from this era again. And uh, we spoke with Jay Ward of of, of Pixar for a bit, uh, more and more so than I and. 
Um, and all it's, it's just awesome to see that level of enthusiasm from people that high up in the industry. And like, they really value what we're doing and like, you know, it's, it's, it's the greatest honor, right? I mean, it's like, well, yeah, to, it, I mean, to push that point further, I was, I had a chance to just pop into the seminar tent, which I usually just don't really do much for me. Um, but this, in this case, the panel, it was about what's next, um, kind of talking about automotive technology and like just the hobby in general, but the panel was um, Ed Welburn, who was head of General Motors Design for like 200 years, um, super influential designer. Um, next to him was Jay Ward of Pixar, and then uh, Ralph Gills uh, of Stellantis Design, head of Stellantis Design now. And uh, they were having a good conversation, and then they opened it up to questions. And I just happened to be standing next to the lady with the mic, and I was like, I'll, I'll ask a question. And um, so I said, uh, my name's Warren with Radwood. And round of applause from the crowd and Jay Ward and Ralph and everything. So super Whoa. stoked. They, they pointed it out. And then my question was for Ralph and kind of what we've talked about in the past where with electric cars, we feel like you're losing that like sense of occasion and inputs and stuff. Uh, would it be possible to make a manual transmission as you have with like a driving simulator? And you could program that transmission to be, you know, something uh super sporty one minute and it would have that same feel of a clutch and everything is that going to be possible and yeah he had a good answer he's like we're working on it right now we we've even been playing around with having a 250 gto simulated transmission or Sick. name your sports car um i didn't get a clarity clarity on the fact if it would have a clutch pedal um and like an actual gated shifter or if it's like the paddle shifter would have a feel I, i'm not sure but the goal would be a manual transmission, a clutch pedal and a, and a shifter that you could just turn a switch and flip on or flip off. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's and what would that's be cool. cool. And hopefully yeah. simulating power band as well. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there, you said it was a great question and uh, they were kind of on it. And then, yeah, we, we basically art and I walked into this uh, VIP tent in the morning on the Concord and it was Jay, Jay Ward and Ralph and then the, the owner, CEO of Haggerty and his right-hand man. So we basically, the six of us, um, had about a half an hour of just us and, and talked for a while. And it was great. So Radwood is, uh, is definitely well-known in that circle. And um, I think it will continue to be. So a lot of stuff in the works. It's good. Cool. It's a good. Um, what else, Art? What else do we do? No, I think that that's, I mean, yeah, that was Shout kind of it. We, kind of we, we walked around the concourse. Yep. We also looked at this Glickenhaus uh, SGR racer thing. Uh, it's basically like a Le Mans prototype car that they're making street versions of. Incredible, like, details. Um, like, I don't know, carbon work and the interior was insane. Did you get good pictures, Art? I got some, yeah. I'll, I'll be posting them. Um, I took some detail shots of, like, the uh, emblems and things like that. And we were watching uh, Tim McNair judge that class, which is a supercar class, which is pretty damn silly in itself. Um, it was like uh, a Sharon, a Pagani, a what else was there? There was not the uh, Senna. Senna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you judge that class, right? And then there was this thing, which is like a bespoke one of three uh, insane uh, road-going Le Mans car with a 750 horsepower BMW M3 GTR engine in the back because he was saying after you get past 750 horsepower, it's like you have to create all these engine management things to keep the car on the ground or else you just can't control it. Um, 
sounds like a really cool guy, by the way. Um, he was very down to earth and he was also showing the, uh, new, um, Baja buggy boot that he built. yeah. Yeah. And he had the original next to it. I took some pictures of that. Um, so, so yeah, ugly. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. It's just like uh, if it looks like a Batmobile uh, villain car or something like, yeah. yeah. But uh, Conquerors is cool. Some some interesting stuff. Uh, some Lanchias. That was a big group of cars, hot rods and whatnots, so forths, what have yous. Yeah, yeah. Lightning sounds McQueen. like a good time, dude. I know. I I was definitely like. I don't know. FOMO is the right word. Jealous. It seemed like it looked like a lot of fun. Looked like a rad event. But we didn't get to see the Z prototype or the 400Z though. I don't know if it's a prototype. I don't think is it even called the 400Z. I don't think it's called the 400Z. Oh, it's not Z. I don't know. The first one was called like the Proto Proto Z or something, and then they were saying 400. But everything I see is just calling it the new Z. I don't know. Maybe it is the 400Z. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I went to. San Jose to Z Car Garage. Our buddy, um, our buddies there invited us. So I went there with a couple friends and to check out the new Z Car, the 2022, I believe it is. Uh, or it might be 2023, huh? Um, uh, well, I think I thought because I, I mean, 2022 is be coming out right now, and this car's, I mean, I know people aren't getting them in their hands yet. And I don't think anyone's actually driven them. But, uh, yeah, I went to go check out that car there. And they, they had it in the center of their garage. And then they had a bunch of 240Zs out front. And um, tons of cool cars inside, you know, 300ZXs and 240Zs and stuff in their shop. And it was cleaned up. And they had food for everyone and drinks and cooler full of beers and waters and stuff. Um, and it was a neat thing. This was at night. Um checked out the the z and i was uh i was surprisingly impressed considering uh i i wasn't as impressed when i saw the pictures like the front end didn't seem very resolved and in, in pictures i've seen in the past like it just kind of looked like they had this gaping hole and it was like almost like something was missing but uh i think the one thing the thing i was most impressed with with this car um, and it's something I don't think Nissan has done in the last, like, probably since the 300ZX, really, or even before that, really. Um, you know, we I talk about it sometimes. It's like when you take a, you know, a two-foot-by-two-foot two area and you look at, like, how much went into that. And I think a lot of Nissans of the past and I think a lot of American car companies do this. Like, it's just like a – there's nothing there. There's no surfacing there's there isn't any details or anything and this one seems like every little part you can pick out you can tell a lot of time time energy and thought went into all the little small details and i appreciated that like even the the taillights the you know even like they look just, cool taillights look really dude ta- taillights look awesome and yeah, uh upscale just like yeah upscale right it's like little details even the way the rear fender has a really nice curve to it where the last Z, you know, 370, 350s, I just felt like they were so boring. And then, and like, um, GTRs have that big flat radius around the, uh, fenders. And this has a little bit of that, but beyond that, it's just sculptured and it has this really nice, like I posted a vertical shot on our 
Instagram the other day, and you can kind of see it has this almost like football shape um, on the rear fender. Um, just like really nice curves and everything was just really nicely resolved. Um, the only glaring kind of thing I hated, I would say, is the door handles. They still like, I don't know yeah. why they insist like Dude, since, they make since it like the a design element. Yeah, they make it this huge design element. And they're like, let's make it big and crazy. <laughs> and then it, it's not just a door handle. It has a surround, like a big plastic horseshoe around it with the lock um and it's just like god guys just like look at the na miata for inspiration or look at an old yeah, lotus, yeah, yeah. lotus or look at whatever a porsche 914 has a beautiful integrated door handle like sure. look at things like this it's like They've, i mean even like an old aurelia or something like that like you guys are talking about lancias it's like a really thin little door handle it's like don't make this big old huge thing um at least it's not like fake metal like it was oh, on the last God. cars where it Those stood out so even more bad. with like bumps remember i had like little totally had little squares yeah in. so at least yeah. it's, it's not that bad and it i think i didn't know it wasn't like one of those things you notice it right off the bat but it's just like looking over the car it was the only part that i was really like kind of frustrated with <laughs> even though, I hear you. like I why hear am you. i frustrated right it's just a car but uh but the rest, I, I was really surprised also how, because it essentially is a 370Z still. Right. So it's the same chassis, same hard points. So the windshield's exactly the same. Roof line, right. exactly. Right. Everything's, ex but they did such that. a good job of um, making it look new and making it look uh, leaner, lower, longer, right? And yeah. And it's like a lot of people are like, why is that? It has this metal trim that goes from the a pillar all the way to the past the c pillar and that's just kind of like extending the car a little bit and you know they're using these tricks and they're this one has a black roof and i think that i wonder if it probably won't look as good with a colored roof but that was a nice a color black, that that blue car was really good looking yeah really nice color and then it had a blue interior um i haven't posted any pictures yet maybe i'll post one but uh it had a blue interior which it was actually kind of cool, and it wasn't like the Corvette, the C8 we had, where it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, a little too in your face. This was like more muted, um, huh. and it was cool. I sat in the car. Did they start it up? Uh, they didn't start it up, but oh, okay. They said they would, but I didn't really care anyways. It's like a, it's a basically the Infinity Q well, something engine. As long as it's not it's the a VQ, it is a VQ. Um, yeah. But it's a twin turbo VQ, uh -huh. so it'll hide some of those VQ noises, right? Uh, so. But 400 horsepower, twin turbo, six-speed manual. I mean, kind of rad, right? Like, I don't know what For it sure. weighs, but, I mean, I'm guessing like 3,500 pounds. But, I mean. No, that's a that's a real car. Yeah, and this is like, this is kind of the end, right? Like, I yeah. mean it's pretty rad it's analog you know fairly analog fairly small um you know still big compared to a 240z but what isn't and uh oh yeah yeah it didn't look like massive compared to it and no, that I didn't know, I just, really, really like i said job. the details are really good and i did like the grill actually i thought the front end looked really good headlight details look nice like nothing was too gaudy or like 
cheesy looking. Um, yeah, those yeah. tail lights are awesome. The rear, the rear is a part like I didn't really like when I saw pictures, and Art really liked it. I know a lot of people did. I, it works really good, uh, really well in person. Nice. And, um, yeah, nice. it was uh, it was cool. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. I don't know if Art's still there or what, but uh, he did. Well, he's like cameras off and he's muted, so I don't yeah, know. I know what he's doing but uh we have trivia i know he had to jump off anyways but i'll do trivia real quick and if you can join great if not so be it all right so uh spacex is going to launch another uh one of its dragon capsules or whatever uh but it's got a problem what is the issue that's preventing it from launching. Jeez. Mm, chip shortage? <laughs> Ch- chip shortage, that's a very good answer. Um, no, shitter's full. The The toilet what? broke. <laughs> oh, no way. Toilet broke. This is ridiculous. I don't even know what's going on, but it says that um, this happened to another one of its capsules during SpaceX's first private flight last month. A tube came unglued spilling urine onto fans and beneath the floor. Um, Same problem was recently discovered inside the Dragon capsule at the space station. So uh, they've welded the urine flushing tube, but they have to test it. And they said that hundreds of people are working on the problem. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, the shitter. That's a shitty problem. Oh, goddamn Uh piss everywhere. Uh Like, what does that smell? Uh, It's just a... The porta potty's full right That's now. That's so bad. You're like, how much did I pay to go on this? <laughs> I know exactly. It seems like one of those things you'd have figured out by now. All right, yeah. last question. Uh, a man was uh, charged with felony robbery um, for a shortage of forty three cents when he was purchasing what at a convenience store? Felony robbery. Felony. I thought it's only a felony if it's like above. That's what I thought. Eight hundred dollars or something like this that. This is a, this is an a, this is an AP story. The guy was arrested on a felony charge and ordered to be held on fifty thousand dollars cash only bond. What? And he Wait, was in so jail. He was in jail seven days before a public defender got him out. What? What is this? Is some weird county where you're? What is it must happening? Be. It must be, dude. That's crazy. Okay. 43 cents short. So that means he had to have already consumed the product, right? He couldn't just like, it's not like gum because you would just like give it back, right? You'd be like, oh, I can't pay for it. So what um, happened is he took this thing and he slapped down $2 on the counter yeah, and took it, but he was short. Oh, so he did walk out. Um, 43 cents, by the way. What, what was it that caused him to stay in jail for seven days? Beef jerky. Days? I wish it was beef jerky so bad. Way worse. Mountain Dew. Oh, it was a t- he deserves to go to jail. <laughs> I know. He was probably like kind of comfortable. He's like, ah, it's about time. Yeah, uh, yeah dude. There was two, uh, two bottles of Mountain Dew for $3. He only wanted one. He put $2 down. That's not how the deal works. It was two forty three for a bottle, you know. Oh classic Mountain Dew. <laughs> By the Dude. way, is Mountain Dew the most addictive soda out there? Because I know people are just like, they're just addicted to Mountain Dew. I think Red Bull is, or Monster. Really? Yeah, maybe you're right. I think like there's a, people that are like they or sugar free. I mean, I'm not. I guess Starbucks isn't a 
soda, but Starbucks is. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, coffee whatever in general, Starbucks right. sells. It's like, but not even coffee. It's like these, like you know, whatever they are, mocha frappuccinos and shit, or you know, <laughs> fucking lattes, yeah. pumpkin spice lattes. I know they're milkshakes. Yeah. Anyways, seven days in jail. Uh, he was short forty three cents on Dude, a bottle of Mountain Dew. This is like the you watch these movies. They had a lot of these movies in the eighties where someone goes to this podunk town. You know, it's like uh, oh, Doc, like uh, Michael J. Fox, the one where he's Doc driving through fifty six. Yeah, and he and he hits, he avoids hit the cow, and he hits a fence, and then he gets ordered to stay there and work as a doctor until he pays <laughs> off his. And this is like that kind of thing. Dude. Well, I know, I know. Well, that, no one's a doctor in this story. I'm going to tell you that right uh, now. Oh man, <laughs> no, I don't think doctors by Mountain Dew. All right, that's podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. See ya.